0: Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Newsgram. What happens when a man with an analytical mind takes a spiritual journey? Well, it can lead to some interesting results. Today, we're going to take a spiritual journey while at the same time debunking a few myths surrounding some of the most popular biblical stories that you've heard. We're all on our own journey, and we all follow a path guided by our own internal compass— and by our own beliefs and experiences. Whatever your path, whatever you're doing for personal growth, it's what makes you unique. We bounce through life just doing the best we can, right? Try not to hurt anyone, be of service to others, and be in the right place mentally when the tough times come, because they always come. Today, I want you to meet John Wheeler. He's a pretty fascinating guy, and he's going to share his journey with us. He wrote a book called Prayer is a Journey, and while it is a spiritual one, He talks about it so matter-of-factly that you can't help but be intrigued by it.
1: It was like getting on Aladdin's magic carpet, you know?
0: A magic carpet ride that starts with a phone call of sorts. And what do you do when the phone rings? Well, you answer it.
1: I was told to, by God, all that knowledge that I've put in the book I acquired over years. I tell it about my journey, my journey of prayer. I've had some experiences with God, you know, helping me in different things that's all. I just I was ordered to do it for myself. I couldn't care less.
0: I told you he was an interesting guy. He's obviously an author, but he's also a lawyer, a marriage counselor, and a modern-day mystic. He was also foundation president for Big Brothers and Big Sisters in Australia for about 15 years. And he also knows a thing or two about physics. I was
1: top of the class in physics. So I I like physics. And when I saw this business about after the after the flood, God put a, a bow in the sky. And I thought to myself, that's nonsense. You know, like the rainbow is formed by light being refracted through droplets of water. So rainbows have been around for years, long before Noah. And then I discovered one of God's tricks, or methods, I shouldn't say tricks. He will say things which are patently silly to get a message across. And, and there's one of them.
0: So he's not against religion when he says these things didn't happen. He's just saying you need to think about them differently. They didn't happen the way you were told. But to know the difference, you need to pray.
1: Anyone that understands physics knows that rainbows have been around long before Noah. Secondly, there never was a flood. The flood refers to the part, the time in your life when your soul is cleansed. And then you you live in the ark, or we live in the ark, with all our family, and that's how we live a quiet life in the ark. The ark itself is supposed to be 450 feet long of timber. Well, timber loses its strength at 300 feet, so there's been people in America who built an ark, cost them millions of dollars. They went out to sea, got into a storm that fell to bits, and they all died. They're allegories. You have to spend a lot of time praying, and you have to have a lot of inspiration, a lot of gifts, to understand the allegories. (laughs) How did the ark get across the ocean? I had to get up the Amazon River, which is a very strong river, 3,000 miles long. I had to get up 3,000 miles, not, not possible. How did Noah understand 2 million creatures? And there's some suggestion that it was 20 million creatures, but I doesn't believe in 2. How would he know 2 million creatures to get? Yeah, not possible. So it's just not possible. If you use your common sense, you just see it's not possible.
0: I know some of that may be controversial depending on your belief system, but the big takeaway here is the stories are allegorical. Don't dismiss them, work to understand them so you can get the benefit from them. While we're on the subject, let's talk about Adam and Eve.
1: Adam and Eve never existed. Adam is the first man, and Eve is the first woman in a person's soul, because we are made in the likeness and image of God, we look like God, and don't look like a Martian. And we're made in His image, in other words, we have His spirit. So uh, that's where we all start. And then we all find a way to sin, and we lose that.
0: I wish you were sitting right here with me so I could see your reaction to that one. It's a bit abstract, but it does make total sense if you're able to think spiritually. If you understand that we're all spiritual beings and we are all eternal, to illustrate this point, John put a picture of a moon rock on the cover of his book.
1: And the significance of that is that that rock was discovered by NASA. who've been on the moon for four and a half billion years. Have a look at the rock, think about four and a half billion years, and then think about four and a half billion, billion years, and then think about eternity, because that's where you're going to finish. You need to make decisions now because Eternity doesn't end. Four and a half billion times four and a half billion, is nothing compared to eternity. That's what that's all about.
0: It's a lot to think about, but he says that's really the key. Thinking and reflecting on your life, our purpose, and what we were put here to accomplish, which is to grow spiritually.
1: The only way you get insight is you must pray to be given insight. I think it's Paul the Apostle and one of the famous Greek uh, philosophers, I forget which... The unreflected life is not worth living unless you lie down at night and run through your mind what you did that day or where you can correct yourself, reflect on your life. And your life's not worth living because you're not making any advances. That's my take on the whole subject. People need to pray and reflect on their life. How can I improve myself? What have I done wrong? What do I do wrong today? What mistakes I make, as we make mistakes all day, and then just correct them.
0: The Greek philosopher he was talking about was Socrates, who is once said to have proclaimed the unexamined life is not worth living. Along his journey, John found that one of the problems with modern religion is that it just doesn't work anymore. So he says he was asked by God to help rebuild his church, but not literally, from a spiritual standpoint.
1: It is God's will to be holy. It's in the Bible, that exact statement says God's will that you be holy. To be holy, you just don't go and have a cup of coffee and say, oh, "Today I'm going to be holy." You have to work at it. You have to pray. You have to study. You have to work in the environment. It's meant to be a thought provoking book. It's meant for people to read, uh, to study, if you like, and, and, and acquire the knowledge. I've read I've read many hundreds of books, uh, so it's not just it's not just this book. But I'm just trying to give people a the method of doing it, you know? If God wants you to be holy, then why the hell would we not be holy?
0: In his book, John says, become holy and you will have a life you wouldn't believe. And if you want to learn how to do that, have a look at his book, Prayer is a Journey by John Wheeler.
1: If God wants you to be holy, then why the hell would we not be holy?
0: Why the hell indeed. Look for Prayer is a Journey at all the usual places, and it depends on what country you live in, but we've put links to Amazon and Barnes & Noble in the show's description. And that will do it for this edition of Newsgram from webtalkradio.com.